0: Welcome back quick brain, the topic of today. It's one that really affects a lot of individuals. It's about pain, specifically chronic pain and how it affects our brain. And we have a real special guest here today. We're shooting in his clinic, uh, Doceri Clinics and it's uh, Dr. Harry Adelson, and he is a world expert in the area of stem cell therapy. And if you notice some uh my, my face, if you're watching this on video, I just uh, went through a full body uh, stem cell procedure. Uh, the reason the impetus was I was in chronic pain. Um, running marathons with a name like Quick, I had to be a runner (laughs) growing up. Um, I remember one marathon, it just really, really affected me. I did years of uh, Aikido, which is all joints and it's all falls. And recently I tore my rotator cuff. And so um, I'm here at your your clinic and I went through this whole procedure and literally top to toes, Mm Full of stem cells to help me recover. So thank you for that. But then thanks for doing this interview you too. Thank Jim. It's great to be here with you. Harry, I know a lot of people. We now we've met on the circuit where we speak at uh, anti-aging conferences, mm-hmm. regenerative medicine conferences. Uh, a more recent one was in Sardinia, which happens to be a blue zone where mm-hmm. you have a high concentration of people living very uh, very long lives. And so um, how did you get involved in stem cell therapy? Well, when I was in naturopathic
1: school, I had a shoulder injury and it threatened to sideline me from rock climbing. Mm. And I was planning this big climbing trip to France and I absolutely, I wasn't gonna take no for an answer. So I saw a surgeon and he said, well, I can put a scope in your shoulder and cut out the piece of torn cartilage, or um, I can give you a steroid injection, which uh, you know, will help in the short term and uh, probably is gonna give you problems in the long term. Similarly with the surgery. He said Mm. it'll probably help in the short term but it's gonna give you arthritis later in life. And I just, it it didn't make any sense to me. Here I was 25 years old in excellent health and um, I was in naturopathic school where we're learning the healing power of nature. And I found out about something called regenerative injection therapy, which is the injection of natural substances which trigger the body's natural healing response to thereby you sort of trick the body into thinking that it's had a new injury and thereby you you know, you know get the benefit of a healing response. And that I did that for years and then that led to learning platelet-rich plasma, uh, where we take platelets from the blood and inject that. And then after that, I learned how to use stem cells from bone marrow and fat, which is really just like bringing it into hyperspace Mm. using your body's natural ability to heal itself
0: and when we're talking about uh using it to be able to heal yourself of pain as a speaker you know i sit on airplanes i'm on stages all the time and my body gets pretty beat up Mm -hmm. you know especially my shoulder because of my sleep you know i want to sleep on my side but then when i go on that side it just Mm -hmm. it it just wakes me up which is a big which Mm -hmm. is a big challenge so how does Chronic pain and pain affect our brain. Chronic
1: pain affects uh, the brain in in four different ways. It affects mood, it affects sleep, Mm. it affects memory and concentration, and it affects relationships. So let's talk about each of those. So first of all, mood. Pain is perceived in a portion of the frontal cortex, and it is the same area where we perceive emotion. So you know, pain and emotion are closely related. There's some interesting data that shows Tylenol can actually be helpful with heartbreak. There was a a small study that was done that looked at teenagers who had just broken up and they were experiencing heartache. Mm. And they gave them Tylenol and it seemed to help with that. And that just shows how that one region of the brain that affects pain also affects your emotions. Well, when you're in chronic pain, that area of the brain is constantly firing. It's constantly firing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So it does not get an opportunity to rest. So when that happens, and the receptors are constantly firing signals, they actually can wear out and you can get brain damage. There's research that shows that people in chronic pain their volume of gray matter actually decreases. Their mm-hmm. brain literally shrinks. And it would make sense that this area that, that affects your emotions, that's gonna just sort of
0: throw everything into haywire. So it definitely affects your mood. I know chronic, we know chronic stress shrinks the brain also mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's number one. Number yeah. two? Sleep.
1: So mm. if you're in pain, it's difficult to sleep. And when you don't sleep, that affects everything. You know, it really just throws your entire brain function completely off because during sleep is when your brain resets itself and if you don't get the opportunity to sleep, that just kind of throws the entire system uh, underwater.
0: So everything is impaired when you don't sleep, every physiological function uh, pays that price. Mm -hmm. So when you're in pain, it keeps you up at night, Mm -hmm. that's a challenge. What about number
1: three? Well, memory and concentration, which is possibly you know most pertinent to this conversation. Mm. Uh, there's a really interesting study done at Northwestern University back in 2008, where what this group did is they took people with chronic low back pain, uh, they took one group people with back pain and another group that did not have low back pain, and they did functional MRI while they performed certain tasks. The brain functions in what's called a cooperative equilibrium. It's also called a uh, resting state network. And what that means is when you're engaging in one activity, one area of the brain will activate and the other areas tend to quiet down. That's the cooperative equilibrium, is when one area activates, the others will sort of let it do its thing and they'll tone down their activity well when you're in chronic pain you have as i said earlier you have that frontal that part of your frontal cortex that's just constantly firing yeah. it disallows that equilibrium to occur because the other areas when you want them to light up they can't completely light up so it just throws that whole equilibrium out of balance so what this group did is they found that the people with low back pain when they would engage in certain activities and other areas of their brain would want to light up. It was very difficult, and they had to come up with these sort of like compensatory mechanisms and come up with these alternate pathways.
0: I could appreciate that because, again, being on planes all the time and being on stage, one of the reasons why I came to your clinic was not only for my, uh, my rotator cuff, which you would know, be surprised mm-hmm. how much, how much you, you rely on it, as also my lower back. And I notice mm-hmm. when I'm on stage and I do these memory demonstrations, memorizing names or numbers or words that audience gives me, if my focus, my concentration goes to my pain, mm-hmm. then it's harder to do those, mm-hmm. those feats. So it, I, could, I could definitely attest to that. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about mood, sleep, focus, concentration, memory, and then relationships. Yeah. So it, I mean, just think about it. If
1: we're impacting our mood, we're impacting our sleep, we're impacting our ability to think, well, that's gonna impact the way you interact with other people. And, uh, and personal relationships tend to suffer for people who are experiencing chronic pain. And mm-hmm. that throws the, your sort of your reason for living into
0: question. And one of the things we were talking about off camera was sometimes subjects, we would, we would over-dramatize the, the, the challenges that we have and that reinforces it. What do you call that?
1: That's right, so there's a term called catastrophizing and like the name implies, it's where you you put your pain into the most important role, so you're, you're basically focusing all your energy on your pain and making, and making up these stories about it. This is never going to go away. I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. It's going to get worse. My life is ruined, and then it's just sort of this, this, this self-perpetuating mechanism where you're just making the problem much worse. The people who catastrophize are the ones who tend to get addicted most easily to opioids because they get temporary relief from the opioids. Um, but there's actually some very uh, simple tools that people can use to, uh, to, to, to minimize the amount of catastrophizing, take their mind off of their pain and onto other activities.
0: So what would one of those tools be if somebody finds themselves or they, they someone who's listening to this or someone they care about, they're going through this process, how can they minimize and mitigate that?
1: Well, I think they can acknowledge, first of all, that they're having pain and tell themselves, it's okay, it's not going to kill me, and then concentrate on some other activity, whether it's helping somebody else or something that brings you out, whatever it is that brings you outside of yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's a great tip. First of all, be self-aware that you are doing it and then put your mind somewhere else, because there's also sometimes I notice there's a secondary gain of saying that you're in pain because you get sympathy, mm-hmm. you get connection from somebody, um, you get people uh, you know feeling bad for you, and you get this, and maybe sometimes that could keep us. I'm not saying the physiological pain mm-hmm. is re- is not real, but sometimes we make we make it stick more because we're reinforcing it.
1: Yeah. And I think the trick is just to tell yourself, you know, acknowledge that you have the pain, right? But say, I'm not going to allow it to control my thoughts or behavior.
0: And then that one, that one saying, cause your mind's always eavesdropping mm-hmm. on your self talk. So I think that's very important. Now the work you're doing here, I, w- I want to talk about this cause this is, a, this is, a, this is, a, this is an, another option for mm-hmm. individuals where, um, how does stem cells walk me through the, what, what are stem cells? Mm -hmm. And how are they addressing the, the injury or the pain? Sure. So we have all types of cells in our body. We have brain
1: cells, we have liver cells, we have muscle cells. We have cells that are not comprised of one organ but float freely through your body like blood cells, red blood cells that transport oxygen, white blood cells that are responsible for immunity, and then we have a type of cell called stem cells. Stem cells exist in all the tissues in our body and their responsibility is to maintain the health of their microenvironment. So whenever you have healing after injury, it's a stem cell mediated event. The stem cells recognize that the tissue's been injured and they release signals for that tissue to then go into hyper healing mode. Now, I'm a naturopathic doctor. Naturopathic medicine is based on uh, on the premise of the healing power of nature, using the body's own natural ability to heal itself. So when we get somebody who's experienced suboptimal healing, so they've had some sort of injury where they did not completely heal and that area is firing pain signals, we take stem cells from an area of your body where you still have a robust population, namely your bone marrow and fat, and then we put it in the area where you're experiencing the pain, which launches the healing of that Structure. So you trick your body into thinking you've had a new injury, you get all the benefit of a healing response without having been injured again.
0: Amazing. And then for my procedure and for your procedures that you do, you add these things called exosomes.
1: Sure. What so, are those? so we use stem cells from your own body, your bone namely your bone marrow, and fat. But the problem is, especially as people get older, is your stem cells are old. So what we do is we supplement your stem cells with exosomes. So exosomes are the vesicles filled with growth factors that are the very active ingredient of stem cells. It's how they function. As we age, our stem cells lose the ability to manufacture these very exosomes. So this laboratory that I use, Chimera Labs, uses uh, placental stem cells. They prompt them to manufacture and release these these exosomes. They separate them from the stem cells. So now you're not getting, you're removing the other person's genetic material, just taking the active ingredient. We add those to your stem cells And what we think is because the membrane of your stem cell and these exosomes are identical and there's because there's no genetic material there's no cross-reaction they your stem cells absorb the exosomes into themselves thereby functionally making your stem cell that of a younger person
0: amazing and then i know i imagine everybody is individual but when do people usually see results um, I, I guess it would mm-hmm. be it would be dependent on their condition and their injury.
1: Most often, this is the opposite of a steroid injection. A steroid injection, if it's done properly, gives people immediate pain relief, but it only lasts like two months and then it wears completely off. This is the opposite. This takes two months to really work, two to six months. Mm-hmm. So people afterwards are, as your, you had, your procedure was two days ago, so right. you actually have increased soreness initially, and we expect that. And then that'll wear off and you'll be back to baseline and people, you know, sort of feel like, wow, nothing happened. At about two months, anywhere from two months, four months, six months, that's where it really starts to work. And it's because we're, we're triggering the growth of new microscopic anatomy. So it takes that long for it to really happen. When
0: well, we're talking about anti-aging it's it's amazing how medicine is being applied towards longevity, adding years to our life. Mm-hmm. And what you're really talking about, and we talked about this in Sardinia, is that you also add some life to people's years also, mm-hmm. meaning that we're growing older, but we want to do it, you know, as pain free as possible. Mm-hmm. So we could have that that fulfilling, that that energy and then the, that vitality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, pain is the
1: leading cause of disability worldwide. Mm -hmm. So if you're unable to work, you're unable to contribute to society. One of the things that we know strongly influences longevity is one's sense of purpose. And so if you're not able to add to the stream of life and you lose your ability to to contribute, then chronic pain in a very real way threatens your purpose in life.
0: Mm. Well, I appreciate your, your contribution here, speaking about that. Where can people stay in touch with you?
1: Sure. So um, you can have a look at my website, Docere Clinics. Docere. Does De- that mean teach? Yeah. Do, the word Docere is the, is the Latin verb to teach. It's mm-hmm. the root of the word doctor. So the word doctor actually like means that. teacher. So it's, yeah, D-O-C-E-R-E Clinics, Docere okay. Clinics.
0: And on social media as well?
1: Uh, Yeah, docere underscore clinics.
0: Okay, and we'll put links as we always do in our show notes Mm -hmm. at jimquick.com forward slash notes. Harry, thanks for doing this. Thank you so much. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? answer your burning questions and also we have something that people have been requesting for many years a uh, quick book club this is your limitless book club where every single month we read a book together uh, like a book provided by this author and then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour uh yeah, share going deeper in these strategies how to put them into practice